and prayers for me this week. Um, those of you know that I had a bit of an incident. And I um, hope I don't scare anybody this morning. <laughs> um, I've, I haven't got my reading glasses. Um, I think I can cope. I found a large print Bible in the cupboard. Um, it might help if, if, if I had a bit of light there, and then I know it hides the screen, so it's sort of got to be a bit of a compromise, because um, we're going to need the screen. Thanks, Pete. That really makes a difference. Brilliant. Thank you so much. So we're in a series um, from 1 John um, that is headed Living and Loving. Living and Loving. What a wonderful um, title that is for a series from God's Word. And this morning we've reached um, 1 John 4, verses 7 to 21, um, which is like the key to um, the book. Um, I've entitled it God's Love. Um, It perhaps should be um, also... Um, God's love is our love, or something like that, because it's about us, really about us. Um, Paul says that God's love is beyond knowing. Listen to this section from um, a prayer um, that is recorded in the letter to the Ephesians. Paul says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. God's love is beyond knowing. John is known as the disciple of love. He he used the word for God's love more than any other New Testament writer. And indeed, I think that In this passage that we're looking at this morning, the word love occurs 27 times. 27 times in this relatively short passage. And you know, tradition says that as a very old man, and John had to be carried in and out um, of his church in Ephesus. and, uh, and, 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 And he didn't have very much to say, he was beyond it. But he he kept saying, little children. Love one another. Little children, love one another. And as I looked at this passage for today, um, I just felt that I just wanted to be very close to the passage. I, I, I want us to hear what God says through John's words rather than through my words. So there's no sort of attempt to entertain or be clever here. I'd just love you to tune in to what John is saying. I think it's very, very beautiful and can do us real good this morning. Um, 
John's take on God's love is just so wonderful and he sort of meanders in and out, repeats himself in his style. Um, His style is unique. But he longs for God's people to grow in and to live out of God's love. And as I've already said, this passage is the heart of his letter. It's born out of John's personal, very, very intimate knowledge and experience of Jesus. And when we're using the word knowledge, we don't mean what we know in our heads. We mean what we know in the whole of our beings. What is translated into experience. So, it's not limited to um, John's intimate knowledge and experience of Jesus, but of Jesus as the Son of God and of God's fatherhood and of the indwelling Holy Spirit. So the verses are going to go up behind me and you can read them and I'm going to sort of read them in a way that I just hope will be helpful um, and will bring out what John is saying. So he begins in verse 7 with this appeal to God's people, to us, to love each other. And to love each other with the love that comes from God. That's to love each other with God's love. Let's get that. We all know something of the love that's shared between relatives and friends. And, you know, sadly, some of us don't know a lot of that. But we all know what that's about. We all know about romantic love or erotic love. But if we want to know about God's love, we've sort of got to get rid of those from our mind. It's something else. We've got to sort of like start fresh. What happens for us as Christians is when we're thinking about God's love and our love for each other, we keep bringing these other um, ideas of love in. John wants us to get the idea that God's love is God's love. It's something else. And the word for God's love is exclusive to New Testament Greek. You don't find it anywhere else but in the New Testament. And this is to put it far too simply, because that's not what we're trying to do this morning. We're not trying to give explanations so that we can say, oh yes, I understand, I get it, thanks very much. But put far too simply, God's love is action. And John says the only way to know this love is to be fathered by God. So we can only know God's love 
by having him as our father, by experiencing a new start in life, a new beginning, becoming members of God's family. This is really important. You can't know God's love unless God is your father. And if you don't have a sense that God is your father this morning, then I just invite you to speak to anybody about this after the service and to find out something about it and perhaps um, come to know God as father because then you can begin to know this love that isn't known by any other means. And, and, and so he says in verse 8, quite simply, that those who don't love with God's love, well, they don't know God. Because God is love. And then in verse 9, he says, and um, we can translate this in various ways, God has shown his love. Um, I love the word manifest, which is a bit of an old word that we don't use very much. It gives the idea that God has opened up his love so that we can really see it. I've sort of thought of a beautiful rose or a lily opening up and it manifests itself. God has manifest, he's shown his love and he's shown his love in this action by sending his son into the world so that we could live through him a bit mystical how do you live through the son of God well just hear it and sort of live in it this is extravagant generosity God sending his son so that we can live our lives through him. It takes a lifetime to discover what that means and to sort of work it out. But we begin it as soon as we know God as father. So in verse 10, John is saying, we can't love God because God in himself is unknowable. God in himself is unknowable. Our sin, our sort of falling short of God's standards, our failures separate us from God. Sin blinds us to God. And our own ideas or constructions of God are idolatrous. He describes that in Romans. But in love for us, God sent his son as a sacrifice. For our sin. That's how God becomes knowable. He becomes knowable 
through his extravagant love of not just sending his son, but sending him to the cross as a sacrifice for sin. So God's son, God himself appears in human form and he reveals his love, he manifests his love as a person. We can understand that. Now God becomes knowable. And as such, he suffers the cruelest of deaths to deal with sin and open the way to us knowing God, knowing love. I sometimes say, he died our death so that we could receive his life. He died our death so that we could receive his love. Verse 11, come on guys, just think how deeply God loves us. It's extraordinary. It's amazing the extent to which God has gone in action to show us his love. We really should love each other. Surely. Twelve. But God is invisible. But if we love each other, we see him in each other. We sort of know he's in us, not with human knowledge, but with something that transcends human knowledge. We know that he is transforming us by his love, that he is making us like his son, Jesus Christ. And so verse 13 We know we live in God, not through human knowledge, wisdom, research, evidence, but because he's come into us by his spirit. Fourteen, quite literally... John saw the Son of God in his humanity. And so he's witnessing to the truth that the Father has sent his Son to save the world. He saw those years of ministry. He heard the teaching of Jesus. He witnessed the miracles. He witnessed the crucifixion. He was right there at the cross with the mother of Jesus. He witnessed the empty tomb. He's writing this to us. He began by saying, you know, I'm telling you about what we've seen and heard. So he 
He's got hold of this truth that the Father has sent his Son to save the world. But also, all of us who know God as Father, we bear witness to Jesus being the Saviour of the world. So God still has his witnesses today. We are his witnesses, the people of God. 15. Anyone and everyone who acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God has God living in them. We can only really believe that because God is living in us by his Spirit. He's touched our hearts. He's touched our minds. He's moved in us. And that means that we live in God. 16. So we know, we experience, we feel, we wholly depend on God loving us. It's not that love is a characteristic of God. It's not that God loves. It's that God is love. John says this twice in this passage. Everything that God is, everything that God does, is expressed because he is love, creation. His holiness that sets him apart is this amazing love. His justice, his judgment, his redemption, his anger, his righteousness, everything comes out of and is a true expression of love. It means not only that God is love, but also that love is God. So whoever lives in this love must live in God and God must be in them. That's not a must saying, you know, this has got to happen. It's it's got to be true. 17, the ultimate perfection of this love in us is that we are like Jesus. And if we are like Jesus, we can stand confidently before the final judgment of God. Because when God looks at us, he sees Jesus. His love in us. What boldness that gives us. 18. God's love disperses fear. Love frees us from guilt. Love frees us from shame. Love frees us from despair. Ultimately, love frees us from death. Love always Wins. And 19, we love because he loved us. And 20, it's impossible to truly love God and to hate a fellow human being. We can't even see God, but we can see each other. And if we can't love each other, guys, 
How can we expect to love God who we can't see? Love for God is shown in our love for each other. There. You can hear John's favourite phrase. Little children love each other. Little children love each other. 21. And so the command, which is the commandment that Jesus gave to John and the other ten close disciples, love one another as I have loved you. goes on to say, by this everyone will know that you're my disciples, if you have love one for another. Love is the defining mark of a disciple of Jesus. The love of God is the defining mark of a disciple of Jesus. Anyone who loves God must love their brother and sister. And again, the must isn't an order. It's a fact. It goes hand in hand. If we love God, we will love each other. And so we're back to verse 7. It's like this passage is a tour de force. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who's love, who loves has been born of God and knows God. How much does our world need this? It is completely inclusive. That doesn't mean anything goes. It does cut through all barriers. It is non-judgmental. It can permeate the hardest, ugliest places. It brings hope to the hopeless. It carries transforming power to the most depraved. This love is God himself. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Let's pray that we, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, long, and high, and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness.